Welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. My name is Brianna. I am your author and teacher today as we are going through my book, Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. We are on week six, day one. Congratulations for making it through to halfway through the study. And as you've probably noticed, sometimes it's difficult to get through one whole day of study in one day. I know it's very difficult with distractions, with phone calls, with um, responsibilities, and maybe even the Holy Spirit is leading you to do your study and He opens something up to you and you might find yourself just praying. And that is perfectly wonderful. That is exactly how it's supposed to be. So if you don't neatly get through every single day of study, every single day, it's a-okay. So just pat yourself on the back and throw away all your guilt. Um, If you are struggling to even open your study or open your Bible, make it an issue of prayer. Go before the Lord and say, God, why am I struggling reading the Bible? Why am I struggling with guilt, opening up my Bible study and doing this? Um, usually our sinful nature just doesn't want to do what we have to do. You know, when we have to, you know, when I have to clean the house every day and cook, I I really don't want to. But I'm a full-time school teacher. And when I go to school and then this week is my spring break, whenever I get to be on spring break, I'm excited <laughs> to clean and just cook a meal without being completely exhausted. I'm excited to do housework, which... Um, Before I was a full-time school teacher, I would loathe it because that was my actual responsibility. And now, as a full-time teacher, then when I come home and I have a break, I'm like, yes, I get to clean. It's so weird how we work that way. That like it's the opposite. Like our we our sin, I think it's part of our sinful nature, part of our flesh wants to do the opposite of what we're supposed to do. And if we aren't supposed to do something, then we want to do it. You know, like, don't eat that cookie. Oh, I want the cookie. But if you don't have, if nobody's, I don't know, you don't have to eat the cookie. Um, You don't feel that urge to eat the cookie if you're not on a diet. You're just like, I don't like that kind of cookie. But if you're on a diet, everything looks amazing, even stuff you wouldn't normally eat, you know. So it's the same thing with studying God's word and prayer. So go before the Lord and pray through those things, whether it's rebellion or guilt, false guilt, um, and ask the Lord how He wants you to pray about that. So speaking of prayer, our study today is really exciting. It's on freedom and confidence in prayer. And I believe that many, many believers, most believers, myself included, have some kind of inhibition when it comes to prayer. And I think that part of this is we need a continual revelation of who God is and His heart toward us and um, what He actually did for us in Christ uh, when He redeemed us. And the fact that He did not just just do this legal thing where Jesus came and, and died for our sins to take away the weight of it legally, that is true and that is powerful, but that He did it out of love for us. He did it, as we talked about in week five, with a servant heart towards us. He did it because that is that is who God, God is. His intention towards us and His will towards us is that we are redeemed and that we are brought into His family. And last week, we talked about the Apostle Paul and how when he was transformed and he went from being a high and mighty Pharisee 
to a lowly servant of Christ with more spiritual power than he ever dreamed of having when he had some official quote-unquote spiritual power from um, the leaders of the day, that he became a servant of the gospel and he became a part, a, a functioning part of God's family and not just a not just a position, like a, a, a position that is appointed. So let's look at this passage in Ephesians 3, 7. It says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. So God's grace is given to us through power and God's creating in us this ability to be servants is through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all of the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Now let's stop and talk about this passage. And this is extra material, not in the book. So when you listen to my podcast, you're getting extra extra material. So let's dig into this passage. Um, He says, I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. So this is so mind boggling that the apostle Paul, a man who has raised the dead, a man who has prayed, he lays hands on people all the times and they receive the power of the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues, they prophesy, they're healed. But he says, I am less than the least of all of the Lord's people. In verse eight, this grace was given me. So he says, although I am this. So Paul is saying, although I am a sinner, although I persecuted the church, although I am a man with with that struggles with pride, or as he says in Romans, does anyone else inwardly burn? I burn more. So he's saying, although I know that I am weak in my natural self, I was given grace by God and power by God to bring a message to people who don't know God. And the message is there are boundless riches in Christ and to make plain to everyone. That means put it in simple terms. Paul is saying simply, yes, here is a truth. I am a wretch in Christ, but here is the plain truth that overrides the fact that I'm a wretch, the fact that I am a sinner, is the truth that Christ has boundless riches and that Christ, through the will of the Father, that Jesus, through the will of the Father, died and was sacrificed. He became a servant and he was sacrificed on the cross. He gave himself up. I I don't want you to have this picture that Jesus was, oh, poor Jesus. He was brutally murdered. He was brutally murdered sacrificed, but the sacrifice was his own. He knew what he was submitting to, and he did this to rescue us from our wretchedness. And this is the mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intention, so what's God's intention in this, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Now, the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, this is talking about the devil. This is talking about uh, demonic beings, you know, 
spiritual princes in high places that um, are fallen angels that are battling against God, and they are coming against their enemy, who is the Lord, and they're trying to bring division. The devil came and took a third of the heavenly host and caused them to revolt against God. So on earth, he's trying to cause mankind, men and women and children to revolt against their creator. And he also doesn't just do that. He he did it with this promise that they were going to have spiritual eyes opened and they were going to know more than God would ever let them know, that they were going to have these mysteries unfolded to them if they listened to him. But what really came was chaos and division. And immediately you have Cain killing Abel, his brother, and you have heartache and separation of families and separation of relationship and separation from God. But God's intention is in his manifold wisdom. That means there's so much wisdom there. Um, There's many aspects to this is to bring together this broken humanity, these broken relationships, first of all, by healing our relationship with God, adopting us into his family, as we learned about in Ephesians 1, through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, by removing our sin. And then secondly, to reconcile us to one another. Because having being religious and knowing stuff about God and having a relationship with God does absolutely nothing for you if it does not impact your relationships around you. And that's what God wants you to know. In James, it says, religion that is pure and faultless is this, to look after the poor and the widow and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So he's saying when you truly have faith, you're going to begin to impact the world around you. And you're not going to be polluted by the greed and by the sin that is so prevalent in the world whenever you have faith. You're going to keep yourself from it because that it's always encroaching against us. So then it says here, um, his intent was that now, so we're, we're an example. We are an example, not by ourselves, not individually, but in our relationships in the heavenly realms where we're seated with Christ, we're an example to the devil. We're an example, like you are losing. You cannot divide us. You might try to divide us, but God is uniting us into one spiritual body and we are his family. And this is according to his eternal purpose, verse 11, that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So here is the here's the juicy part of this. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. God, let's talk about who the Father is. First of all, he spoke the universe into being. So his word literally spoke the universe into existence. He is the creator of all things. He calls the stars by name. He numbers the grain of sand in the the oceans and on the shore. He has numbered the hair on your head. He knows the first time you get your gray hair before you even know it. He knows the number of your days. He knows your birth date and he knows the the second of your last breath and not just yours, but everybody's. And he is holy and he is perfect and he is all loving, but he is full of justice. And he he is so amazing that no one can look on him and live. And Jesus, he sent his son to say like, I want to purify my creation so that they can come into my presence and they have to be purified of sin. 
And Jesus said, I will do it. I will go and be the sacrifice. And Jesus has removed from you the weight of your sin when you put faith in him. This is incredible. So that in him, and when we put our faith in Christ, and faith in Christ doesn't mean faith in your ability to be uber religious, your ability to know the whole Bible inside and out, your ability to have perfect church attendance, although I think church attendance is highly underrated in our society today, still, it's not our church attendance that makes us righteous before God. It's not how many how many Bible verses we have memorized. It is the fact that I can say what Paul said in verse 8, although I am less than the least of all of the Lord's people. So I can just say, I am nobody. I am nobody in and of myself, but God loved me in spite of my weakness, in spite of my smallness, in spite of my sin. Uh, God loved me and he wanted me. He desired a relationship with me and not just with me, but with every person. It says in God's word that it is God's will that none should perish. God has no desire in killing wicked people. He has no desire in sending them to hell. He does bring wrath and he does bring judgment, but he does not delight in it. He doesn't want to do it. He would rather die than for you to be separated from him. And so when you think of this father, when you think of this good father, you have to say, wow, you were willing to lay down the life of your son for me. That is absolutely incredible. And now through the son, with freedom and confidence, I can enter into my father's throne room where I am seated with him in heavenly realms. A hundred percent of the time, all the time and ask for mercy. And not just to ask for mercy, but to ask that God will do a work and then know that according to this passage, um, let's look at this at the bottom. I'm skipping the whole prayer down to verse 20, that now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that as at work within us, to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God can do more than you can dream to ask of. And you know why? Because he knows you. He knows what you need better than you need, know what you need. It's like when I um when when I was still renting, my husband and I, we were still renting. We rented for quite some time because we um, were church planters and we didn't have very much money at all to invest in a home. And then uh, we kept looking and I would imagine what it would be like, like what would my house look like? And I would look at the market, but I, but honestly, there was not much I could afford and, or we could afford together. There was not much we could afford. And the housing market was pretty hot. It, it is hot here in Northern Virginia. It's very expensive. So you don't get very much for your, <laughs> very much um, square footage or your money. And when the Lord brought up this opportunity for our family to 
have a Habitat for Humanity home. Um, we didn't seek after it. We were praying for a home, but one day a friend came and said, Brianna, did you know they're building a Habitat for Humanity home in, in our county? It's the first one. And I said, I don't even know what Habitat for Humanity is. And she told me what Habitat for Humanity was and how it's a hand up in housing. It's not a handout. It's a hand up. And that if you um, get a Habitat for Humanity home, you have to put in a lot of hours of work with it. And the community rallies around you. And there are government grants that um, that you help to pay off over by living in your house for a certain amount of time, but you still have to pay for it. And it is a an interest free, an interest free mortgage, which is absolutely mind boggling. It was more than we could even think to pray for. So when it came up, my husband was even like, "I don't even want to think this is possible. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not even going to imagine this is possible." And what had happened was um, when this came to when this came out, when this um, lovely friend of mine came and Sharon, she came and shared this with me. Um, she said, my mother-in-law, Janie, had donated the property um, for this home to Habitat for Humanity, and that's why my friend Sharon knew about it. And so um, in the course of time, I, um, as as we put in our application and we got accepted for this Habitat for Humanity grant or home, um, my husband even said when we got the call, he was like, well, I need to see it in writing. I'm not going to believe it till I see it in writing. And at the time we were renting this log home that had like, at one point there was this eight foot long black snake that was climbing up on our roof, trying to get into my son's bedroom. My son was like four at the time. <laughs> oh my word. There was, it was not pretty. And, um, we were not living in a, in, um, a really awesome place. I mean, it was great if you just want to camp out in a cabin, but it was not awesome. And um, my husband was like, I won't believe it till I see it in writing. And we did. We got it in writing. And so then we started doing all of these things. We started doing all of these things that we had to do for the house. We had to volunteer hundreds of hours of our time. And, and in the course of time, I got pregnant and I was expecting our third son, Isaac. And so I couldn't do the painting I'm going to be exposed to all the fumes like I was um, earlier. So then what I did was I volunteered to work in the office at Habitat, and they asked me, I thought I'd be answering phones or something, and they said, no, we need you to file. <laughs> we need you to organize our filing cabinets, which they did not know who they were talking to, okay? I am like the least organized person that you know. So anyways... So they asked me and I'm going through these files and they're like, literally, I had to look at every piece of paper in every manila file folder. <laughs> I don't know if anybody out there, some of you might be giddy because you'd love that, but it was not my cup of tea. And I'm hugely pregnant sitting on the floor with these files. And I, it was hours. I'm just in there days and hours. And then one day I came across a file and it had a receipt in it. It had a, it had a record of the very first meeting that Habitat for Humanity had with Janie, my friend, my friend's mother-in-law. And it said, um, lunch meeting with Janie Harrison, uh, meeting with her to discuss first Habitat for Humanity home in Clark County. And I looked at the date on that certificate. And it was incredible because <laughs> the date on that certificate was literally a couple weeks after 
I had been on vacation with my extended family, and my dad um, called the family together and said, we need to have a, a family prayer time. And it was my dad and my married um, sisters. My, my two brothers weren't uh, married at the time, but he said, none of us own our own home. And he said, we all need a home. We're all renting, or my dad was in a parsonage, but he really wanted to, to own his own home. And we just went before the Lord with confidence as a family, praying together as a family, saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, give us homes, please. Give us a home. And here the Lord showed me that that proposal that my friend gave me didn't come about for like a year. But the Lord showed me he began to answer that prayer within two weeks because I had to go through those files and look at every single receipt. <laughs> and I saw that it said that meeting happened within like two weeks of our family vacation. And I started, I just took my breath. It took my breath away. I was like, oh my word, this is incredible that God would begin answering us. And sometimes you might not have an answer to your prayer immediately like you think, but that doesn't mean that God isn't working and putting things into order to do something in a way that you could not ask or imagine because it was so crazy humbling. And that year, everybody in my family, God blessed us with homes. That was that was incredible. And, and it was so humbling to watch the members of our church build our house. We would come in and everybody be painting and laying carpet and building the deck. And it was more than I could ask. I mean, I imagined like picking my house out and like signing a deed, like signing a mortgage and feeling good about that. But it was this love of God, letting God, God use the body of Christ to sacrificially serve our family. And he also answered our prayer in a way that was more than we could ask or imagine. It was just the right house for our family in the most beautiful Northern Virginia area with this beautiful historic, I mean, everything like the, the stone walls and, and the beautiful foliage and everything. And the Lord knows how to bless us. I was working so hard trying to get what I wanted, but God, God knew what I needed. And when we go before him with freedom and confidence, we can go before him and say, Lord, and pray this prayer. First of all, strengthen me in my inner being that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith. I need faith to believe in you, Lord. I need faith. And I can come before you because you love me and because of Christ's sacrifice. In Jesus' name. And I know that you can do immeasurably more than all I can ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within me and within us. Because God used the family of God. He used my family, which my family is believers. He used my family to pray together, to agree together, to go before the Lord, to pray for a house. And then he used the family of God to build us a house and to bless us with more than just a living space, but to bless us with love and time. It was so emotional and so beautiful. So I just want to say today, take courage, take courage and go before the Lord 
with freedom and confidence because of what you have in Christ and know that things might not always be answered in the way you think they're going to be, but God might surprise you and do more for you than you can ask or imagine, and you should expect it. So as you do your study today, keep this in mind and enjoy your prayer time with the Lord, going before Him with confidence. Have a great day and have a free day as you pray and seek the Lord for all the things that you need. God bless.